Podcast dedicated to the Premier League, the A League, and more. Um, boys, I, I still don't know what to call this. This, uh, so it's, it's clearly not a podcast. It will be a podcast. So um, you know, if you're listening to this on on the podcast stream, it's, it's still a podcast. But um, we're we're uh, coming to you live uh, via YouTube Live. Um, but yes, yeah, still not still not sure what to call it. But we're here to wrap up the this week's A League action. I'm joined by Tommy and Jesse. How are we tonight, fellas? I'm well, mate. I'm well excited to talk football. I was thinking, you know, maybe it's more than a game for you. You know, it's it's kind of like people <laughs> just peeping in and keeping an eye on us, you know, make, keeping us honest. I think it's the best way to describe it. Is yeah. that our OnlyFans account or? <laughs> maybe. <laughs> Chat roulette. <laughs> We've got to start charging for this. An income yeah. stream. Got bills to pay. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, and speaking of bills to pay, boys, let, let's keep, let's kick off with a few other news news items before we get into the the matches um, this week. Uh, Mike Charlesworth has clearly got some bills to pay. He's uh, <laughs> he's he's selling he's selling his license uh, at the Mariners um, for apparently uh, the tune of around four million. Um, what what do we think of this, boys? It's um, you know another another club going up for sale. Uh, good good time to sell. Yeah, I don't think there's ever right a good time to pandemic. sell an license. <laughs> right in the middle of a pandemic, it's um, yeah, maybe maybe the the guys run out of yachts and he's thinking I need to get rid of my football club. I mean, it seems like a clean out the closet situation. Um, do you, have, how much have you guys heard about the reasoning behind the sell? Is there any anything other than that? Well, I mean, you know, you've been running the Mariners since 2013. You've you've overseen the um the, the least successful period in the club's history and it's basically gone to new lows every season um i don't see why you wouldn't want to sell it uh if you can get rid of mm. it but um i saw someone tweet that um after doing the double over the victory the um you know they're, they're selling high they're but they're fought low <laughs> and they're selling high um yeah. but i was also i was also reading that um uh, apparently, the group behind the um, A League bid for Canberra are interested in um, interested in potentially buying the license. What do you What do you reckon about that? Is this because is, is this a potential backdoor for for Canberra to get in? Look, I, I really the hope Mariners. not. <laughs> I really hope not because, uh, like, one of the one of the issues that a lot of A League fans have is that is like this this possible sort of view that it's a plastic league that they're franchises rather than sort of organic clubs, and if you uproot a franchise and just move it somewhere else, slap a new badge on it, um, but it's still kind of the ex Mariners, then that that for me is, that's importing some of the worst parts of um like the NFL and and another and the NBA I know like they do it um as well where like an owner will mm. just literally pick up a club and just drop it in another city because it's a better market and I, I don't like yep. that like it's 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 one of the least organic things in in sort of world sport I agree Canberra, Canberra could come I agree. to the coast though couldn't they <laughs> the, the central Central ACT backcountry Mariners, but it's kind of like it's kind of like it, Central Coast Canberrans. It's like the it's like the Raiders being called the Raiders, like having the Vikings concept. But you're the landlocked team of the NRL. Well, I've always found that a bit a peculiar. It just works. It just works. <laughs> I wouldn't need to change anything. It's like they've been slowly <laughs> slipping in there for the last few years, like just slowly normalising. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, and um, there's been a few been a few things happening in the uh, sort of global uh, transfer window, particularly European summer. It's going on at the moment. Um, a few uh, ex A League player movements as well. Um, uh, our Singinho uh, has moved to FC Nuremberg uh, in the two Bundesliga. Um, I, I appreciate that Jesse sharing sharing uh, Singinho with with Australia as well. That he's our Singinho. Yeah. He's not not just Jesse's. <laughs> he's the A League. That's right. So. <laughs> he's just he's so different to Farlap and Crowded House. Oh, and and Lamingtons and Pavlova. Yeah. You can have Russell Crowe though. 
No, you can have him. Um, but good, good move, good move, boys. Two Bundesliga. Hopefully, lots of senior minutes for him. Yeah, I, I think so. I think it's it's good that he's going to be playing regular football again. Whilst it was great for I think uh, Australians and New Zealanders that uh, Singh was at, at Bayern and he made a couple of match day squads. He wasn't playing a lot of games, so yeah, looking forward to him him getting some minutes and hopefully we see um, him him catching up in a few highlight reels over the next year. Yeah, and the other one that's been the yeah. other one that's been uh, talked about a lot is uh, Daniel Arzani to um, uh, FC Utrecht. I think that's I. I've, Sorry about my Dutch pronunciation, boys, but um, it's the uh, it's the old Tommy Orr uh, success factory uh, in the Eredivisie. So, um, Did, what, about, this, what do we think about this? Is this the club that Adam Sarotta and Tommy Orr and I think there was one other, wasn't there? Michael Zulo? They all went, I think, at the same yeah, time. Did they? They I all went Zulo there. Went, Zulo went at the same. Yeah, the the three of them were there. I think they yeah. were like roommates. As well, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> friends, Holland friends, football friends. <laughs> uh, um, yeah. So, go on. No, yeah, you, so, you, you can't. I was just going to say. I was just going to say it's a. Um, it, it's it, it, we're just talking about uh, Singh getting more minutes. I mean, is this is this kind of is this the motive? Do you think behind the the move the the fact that he's probably going to get a uh, a few more minutes than he was previously, or just? I mean, I, I haven't really been tracking Arzani that much. Has he been injury plagued um, as well? From what I heard. Well, um, oh, so <laughs> so um, like I think. Um, Arzani, even though I think he's actually younger than than Singh, or it might, they might be the same age, but I think this is arguably a, a, a more important move for Arzani than I think it is for Singh, because Arzani mm-hmm. went to Celtic and he he lost a whole year of his development with that with that injury. So physically, he's sort of uh, playing catch up, but also like that injury would have been uh, a massive setback in terms of his development and his confidence as well. So Singh's done, I think, all right at Bayern. He's probably done as expected, I think, by a lot of Kiwis and, and Australians. So, so for him, he needs to go on and, and keep getting games under his belt, continue developing. But Azani, I guess he he needs to, I guess, re-strengthen physically, and and I think with that will um, will come his confidence, and then he'll continue to develop as well. Because I think um, Jesse, you might be able to answer this a little bit better than I can, but. Um, uh, Azani, I think, is he's the great hope. I think for the next sort of five years for for um, the Australian national team. So. Um, Whoa, yeah. whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> no? Put some respect on Motore. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought you were going to throw some garbage about like Dylan Wenzel Hall or something like that. <laughs> Dylan Wenzel Hall's is um, barely the hope for the uh, Brisbane Raw, but, um, you know, we, we love him, so and he needs more minutes. <laughs> Same with Muta, but that's another story. <laughs> uh, and, and finally, boys... Um, the, the the last high profile uh, Australian move uh, is is Dean Bozanis to uh, Sutton in the English fifth tier. Um, it's uh, you, listeners might remember it's the home of uh, Wayne Shaw, aka Pygate. So um, Ooh, what, yeah. what, do we, what do we think about this move? Apparently, yep. this this was just close to his house. This yeah. is real Sunday league levels for me, isn't it? Like you're yeah, just going to play for. I'm going to be playing in parks. Yeah, <laughs> or in the forest, in Sutton Forest, yeah. Um, but he's just going to be yeah. like, he's just gone and given like the local team a call and say, hey, like, can I have a kick around with you guys? And they'll yeah, sure. yeah. go ahead. I mean, I mean, he's going to get the kind of um, hostile reception that we all received playing in these kind of grounds. Um, we've got teams that just want it more. And, of course, you've got the, um, the, the pies at halftime as well, if you want to put a bet on. <laughs> Do you reckon he'll cop it like like we used to in Sunday League? About um, you remember when like teams from like the peninsula used to come up to to South Yarra and call us like the baristas because half of us had beards and stuff like that. <laughs> still, still one of the great calls. Still one of the great calls, isn't it? Oh, it's so that, satisfying flogging him that day. <laughs> that was the best and only yeah. sledge I think we've ever received in Sunday League. We, we were yeah. just happy that someone noticed us. <laughs> Um, and uh, Tommy uh, MacArthur Bulls watch uh, take us take us through their new signing. Yeah, so uh, McBulls this week signed their I think I'm pretty sure he's their fifth player, which um, uh, f- 
obviously it's not huge in terms of like uh, where he fits into their squad, but um, he is going to fill up one of the visa spots though. So his name's Matt Derbyshire, um, English guy, and, and he's not super young. He's 34 years old and he's got a bit of an interesting backstory. Um, hopefully he turns out to be as much of a character as Diamante has, but um, yeah, he's got an interesting backstory. So um, uh Young player in England, rejected Man United as a teenager and chose Blackburn instead. Um, had a few years in the in the Premier League when when Blackburn was still there. Um, but then uh, in his final season with Blackburn, got sent out on loan to, of all places, Olympiacos in Greece. Um, did okay there for half a season and, and then uh, they took him on loan for another 12 months. Um, scored the winner in one of the, the Athens derbies against Panathinaikos and then was then dubbed the English killer. Which, uh, yeah, I mean, that's that's an English nickname. That, uh, sorry, a nickname that we can all get around, I guess, for his time in the A League. Um, he bounced around a little bit uh, after Blackburn were relegated, landed in the the Championship, uh, and and even went as far down as League Two um, before he arrived in Cyprus. Um, not just on holidays, he, he was actually playing there with a with a team it's called a Strong League, Tommy. It's a very yeah. strong league, uh, the Superior <laughs> League. And we've, we've here at more than a game. We've got a lot of respect for it. Well, I mean, uh, Matt, Matt Darvish here, he couldn't make it in, in League Two, but he, I tell you what, he did make it in Cyprus, though. So, uh, Ammonia, um, at Ammonia, the, the Cypriot uh, club, he had four seasons there and was top scorer in the league uh, for two out of the four seasons. So, um, and he scored another 13 goals in the season that's just finished there as well. So um, he played a little bit of uh, Champions League, a little bit of Europa League while he was there. Um, and the, this is, I guess, the, the final point that I'll leave you with, just so you've got a little bit of a taste of what to expect. I, I checked him out on, on who scored. And um, great thing about who scored is it gives you a bit of I an idea. I these were who about... scored notes, Tommy. Yeah, I was, <laughs> was going to say, oh, you've really given us a who scored here. Go on. <laughs> He um on on who scored it gives you a bit of a breakdown of like his strengths and weaknesses. Um under under weaknesses, uh, I'll give you the strengths first. Um, it was blank, um, and <laughs> and his weaknesses uh, and this 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 made me laugh. Um, aerial duel, aerial duels, passing, crossing, and offside awareness. So um, same, we could same. <laughs> We could have the next Michael Mifsud on our hands here with uh, someone that can't pass, can't head, can't cross, and is offside permanently. Oh, I can't wait to just say, just it's a match made in heaven. Just there'll be just constant zoom ins of his face looking exasperated as the ref's flag's just gone up, just waving another offside. Oh, oh well, do you remember? I think it was, um, I don't think I remember a couple of weeks ago, a couple of months ago, there was there was a really blatant offside, and the linesman it's right in front of the, the linesman from a, from a corner, and the linesman just goes. And puts his flag up at the same time. <laughs> so I reckon there could be a bit more of that. I reckon with uh, uh, not so young Matt Darvish here. Uh, and we've got well. a, a <laughs> boys. We've also got a question uh, from friend of the show Michael Townsend on Facebook, uh, and it, it's it's about uh, young players in in the league in this post COVID era um, at the moment, the the, the restart period. Um, if you're a young A League footballer who can't crack the first team, is the coronavirus a blessing? If yes, can we expect a new golden age for the Socceroos in 2026, Jesse? In 2026? No <laughs> um, I think there is something to be said about being sort of locked in, so to speak, for a while. We kind of, um, the attention, at least from the coaching, and um, has to be on local players. Um, I think in New Zealand and in a lot of different sports at the moment, on the other side, that's what's happening quite a bit, and I've expected to happen in Australia as well. So I think I think there is merit in being like, all right, well, we're going to be locked in for a while. Let's just uh, make sure that we nurture the talent we have here. And hopefully that means we see more appearances from younger players and we see them actually develop. I mean, there is a very high likelihood that once they start um, getting into those areas where they're really, really marketable, they will eventually go overseas. But at the moment, they can't really go anywhere. So I think to answer your question, I think uh, we'd be silly not to sort of nurture the talent that's right under our nose. The, the big boon, um, Colby, has been for the for the young players in the A-League is that a lot of the marquee players went home. 
um, before before the restart. So there were opportunities that weren't normally there, specifically for sort of attacking mm-hmm. players and and players in key positions that are normally uh, sort of entrusted to um, to Marque Marquis only. Um, and we've seen that there's a real lack of sort of attacking talent in the league. Um, but sort of what what comes first, like players aren't given opportunities to develop and then play in those attacking roles, or are they? Um, or do we go out and select the the marquees first, right? Like, which which comes first? And this is, I guess, um, giving those young players that uh, do get they're finally getting an opportunity, which is which is great. So, I don't know. I think it's I think it can only benefit um, both Australia and New Zealand. I think in the next um, five to ten years. And that's the thing. It's a further to your point, Colby. Uh, just just the Adelaide United, I guess, finding a loophole in that plan by basically cloning their entire team. Um, very <laughs> difficult to see who's actually coming through the ranks because they all look the same. Well, they're all just—it's all—it's yeah, all just siblings now. All, all we want is all we want is just siblings at every club. Um, but I mean, there's 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 an undeniable link between um, minutes that young players get and how well they're going to do, um, particularly in international teams, uh, in the international um, setup. So, I mean, I think it can only be a good thing. Whether it's going to lead to another um, golden age for the for the Socceroos in 2026, we'll have to wait and see. And that's not even mentioning the opportunities that are coming up for young. Uh, local managers as well. So, uh, but that's a whole other thing. Um, but why don't we get into some of the uh, A League games, boys? Um, and we've just we've just seen uh, Perth Glory get spanked four nil by the Melbourne Victory. Um, two goals to uh, Marco Rojas and uh, Elvis Kemsoba finally gets uh, his goal in the A League and and had that backflip celebration up his sleeve. Um, we had we had written on the run sheet before this game uh, a little preemptively uh, that the victory were in shambles, um, uh, but now they've gone. Now they've <laughs> gone soon, and jagged the results. Um, have, have the glory underestimated them, Tommy? Yeah, big time. I, I thought um, this was a bit of a combination of the victory being good, but also the glory being really poor. Um, they seem to be just sort of second best uh, on, on the day, but just sort of lacking in intensity. And um, a lot of their some of their passes were going astray, just sort of simple passes. Um, and yeah, it was they were really disappointing when um, I think they only needed a point to be able to um, confirm that they would be going to be playing uh, finals. So it all comes mm. down to that that final match um, they've got this this coming week uh, as to whether or not they're going to be playing finals or not. Well, it's just like you look at Western United uh, in seventh and they've played 23 and Perth's played 25. So I think it's just like Adelaide and Perth, every point counts at this point because you've got uh, the Woo with a couple of games up their sleeve. So that's it's costly to, to be dropping points, all, all points at this stage of the season. Yeah, the, the games are all over the place, actually, aren't they? Like you've got some, you've got some teams on twenty three played, some teams on twenty five. Um, the Central Coast have played all; they've played twenty six. Um, so mm. you know, you really, you really got to look at that. Um, you've got to keep that in mind when you look at the table. Um, Western United, as you said, Jesse Vanny played twenty three, so they could, they could really, um, they could really sneak up. And the Jets aren't mathematically out of it either yet, I don't think so. Um, but. Uh, uh, after the victories, I think it was their club's biggest losing streak. Um, five on the bounce going into this. Um, the Mariners did the double over them this season. Uh, as we said, the club's in absolute shambles, but um, they've come back with a 4-0 win. Do you think uh, the Buck fans are going to get carried away with this one, boys? Definitely. Yeah, I, think I, think I think they're winning the league next year. <laughs> All right, I, think that, well, I think some of them will think that they're going to be winning the league this year. <laughs> I think just you know, there's there's, def- there's definitely been um, I mean, it's been a disruptive season for them, not, not just to do with the the virus because it's been disruptive for everybody, but I mean just in the the sense that they've had um, Torben and Go and all that sort of stuff. But they just cruise injuries, all that sort of stuff. But that doesn't pave over the fact that that squad needs to um, spend some time in the off season to gel. It just it's not gelling yet. Obviously, we saw some of that tonight for the first time. But really, like. If they want to get ahead of themselves and think about being finals, then they're going to need to be way more consistent, uh, not get ahead of themselves. Yeah, I think you're right, Jesse. Not not a lot of, like, it was a really slow start for the victory in this game. And I think, yeah, Brebner is obviously 
Um, he's, he's sort of said that he's, you know, not intending to be the, the permanent manager. I know that's the line that all assistants who get the call up sort of wheel out. But, um, you know, it seems like they're just, yeah, they're, they're really in a holding pattern. They're testing it's, it's, the players it's out. Also, they're giving, yeah, go on. It's also a smart thing to say when you're losing as well. Yeah. <laughs> I really want yeah. the job, guys. Yeah, <laughs> Please I'm give me the job if you want to keep losing. <laughs> Um, I'll take it. You know they're dead, <laughs> but they're, they're, they're testing. They're testing players out. They're testing uh, combinations out. And and like Jesse said, um, you know that that's going to lead to some disjointed performances and and lack of chemistry between the teams. So I think an off season will only do the victory good. And and um, their recruiting in the past has been really on point. Um, probably with this season being a rare miss with some of the people they brought in, like Paulson and um, and Basher, um, two two notable fails. Um, I mean, well. Whether or not you call Robbie Cruz a fail, um, you know that won't kick the bloke while he's down. But um, you but know. yes, Kobe you, thinks he's a fail. <laughs> well, I mean, Vuk, you guys are on notice that he was an injury. Like he's a he's like you've got to wrap the guy should... in bubble wrap. Like you're right. The, you can't be surprised that the bloke's like doing injuries. Like he's held together with tape and some love. Like that's yep. it. Yep. Yeah, agree. So whether or, whether or not you call that a recruiting fail, but like to to be fair to to the buck, uh, their their recruiting has been um, you know excellent before that, including um, managerial recruitment. Say what you want about um, Muskie, um, and 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 I guess Kurtz was a was a, a a rare miss for them as well. So they really need to get the recruitment in in coaching staff and in um, in playing personnel right next season. But um, yeah, signs with, with um, the young players looking good. Where they've gone a little bit, um, put the eggs in all on one basket a little bit, Colbs, is that there have, have been some really astute signings. And then there's been this obsession about a marquee, which has obviously been a big thing for a long time. But the we've just seen the vulnerability of that because as soon as Toivonen went back, I mean, I think if you look at the first half of the season, he was, it was pretty much just lobbed the ball up to him and he was he was getting a goal a game. He was the only person that was actually converting um, goals. And then he had to go home over this. I mean, nobody could have seen this coming, but he's, he's had to go home. And what a hole is left when you've got a marquee. It's it's like, you know, the season before that, it was Honda. And they, they, are they going to spend more time now considering the global situation to actually make a solid team rather than just relying on a marquee to come in and do the job for them? I, I think that's Mate, the question. Mate, they don't question. need a marquee. Next they've got Elvis Cam Sober. He's, he, the, the floodgates are open now, boys. And the Kiwi Messi. Boys, boys regarding regarding Elvis camps over, what are we going to call him now? Are we calling him Injury Time Elvis or Cherry on the Top camps over? Oh, that's <laughs> I like Injury Time Elvis. <laughs> Comes on and just calls the, the fourth in junk time. Yeah. They were interviewing after after the game. He, he wasn't even sweating. Like he, he literally ran on. The man doesn't sweat. Put a goal in. Um, but what, what I, I reckon think, he'd been sweating about throwing that goal. Did... did uh, did did his brother um, do the celebration better? So I, I think I think Elvis wobbled a bit on the on the end of that. His first one, the the non goal was was a bit cleaner. It was a bit cleaner finish in terms of this the is like the Olympics. The, the finish tonight was <laughs> this beautiful. Is, this is like the Olympics are on the floor, and um, you, you give, you're giving one person an eight out of ten and one a ten out of ten. So it's it, yeah, it's you know close. The Olympics where you, where you're watching the gym the, the floor gymnastics and they just wobble on the landing. And you're like, whoa, you know, a couple yep. of sevens coming up yep. here, mate. <laughs> well that's where it's from oh, isn't it and that's that's where the yeah. stuff derives from that's it uh, we've got confirmation on, on Reddy's birthday god we've got confirmation from uh super fan sal one of our listeners at the moment that uh he prefers cherry on the top cam sober so maybe we're gonna go with that i think he was talking about the second the second celebration oh. <laughs> he's, he's, he's he certainly likes his shit second celebration well, I mean, it's it's an excellent shirt. So, and and this only comes out for um for good occasions. You don't you don't um you don't sweat in this one, boys. It's like, this is this is the Elvis Cam Sober shirt. I can only I can only run for two minutes in this one. Uh, um, and a couple other points from this game, boys. Uh, the the victory um manager search is still ongoing, as we mentioned. Apparently, the um the the Greek legend that um that they were looking at uh, has pulled out and it's apparently now down to Arthur Pappas and John Aloisi. I would love to see John Aloisi get this job and it just be a meme for a year. Well, when you did said it, Greek did... legend pulling out, I thought you meant Andy Corbinatis. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Sorry. As, as you were. Oh. She was. 
Um, I think um, John Aloisi signed at the victory as a youth coach. I think it might. I think it was pre Melbourne Heart days, and um, and like uh, A League memes, for example, will roll it out all the time that that Aloisi has signed with Victory just just to trigger yeah. people, and um, it, it would be great because you you know how triggered people already are when there's like a fake announcement of Aloisi joining the VUC. So if he actually joins them, I think people would actually lose their minds. They do it for the Raw all the time, A-League memes. They tweet out that announcement tweet of John Aloisi and it's not immediately obvious the date on it. They just retweet mm. it and it just triggers all these Raw fans who are scarred <laughs> from all of these years of Aloisi just playing nothing yeah. for all. Uh, um, how about we... How about we move on to uh, the Woo and Western Sydney? Um, this one was absolutely wild, uh, Tommy. Yeah, I mean, uh, I actually missed the first half of this and I, I switched it on at half time and, and I thought, oh, geez, well, it's game over now, especially when the uh, the, the the third um, Woo goal went in and then all of a sudden there were, what, four goals in 15 minutes or something and I was like, oh, geez, maybe I haven't missed this and what I end up seeing uh, five five goals. Uh, or six goals, so yeah, it was it was a wild game, and um, probably like obviously there were some some amazing moments um, as far as like Diamante went, but um, not not some of the best uh, A League defending on show. <laughs> yeah, would you say it's the closest? Would you say it's the closest? Would you say it's the closest that Speedy's got to an orgasm in that second chip? <laughs> <laughs> that second chip, um, I thought he was going to lose it. I, ho- I hope there was social distancing in the commentary box because, my word, you wouldn't want to be standing next to him at that point. Well, there would have been body fluid, bodily fluid spraying everywhere. <laughs> <wouldn't there? laughs> and just just on those just on those chips, boys. Um, uh, apart from apart from it being why uh, we call Diamante fishy, um, do we? What what do we think? What do we think about the goalkeeping uh, for both of those? Do we think that Kurta? Uh, do we think that low pass? Sorry, uh, would have would have saved one or, or both? No, nah, neither. Oh. I reckon, um, look, it wasn't until I think the the following day that I even thought about the goalkeeper for this because for me, I just thought like, and and it wasn't until I read it that I went, no, you know what? Like, I'm I'm giving it to him. Like, I think he, I think he means the first one, and the second one, obviously, is no question that he's trying to trying to dink the keeper. Um, The second one, but 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 credit where credit's due, I think, like. I I didn't even consider oh should should another goalkeeper have done better that that's the goalkeeper in front of him and and I think he's done just he's pulled one out of the hat um, being the magician that he is to to be able to to do that uh, from that sort of an angle um, obviously not under a lot of pressure but to do it from that angle and then the second time just like that to be able to um, to be able to achieve or to, to complete that sort of like a, a move, like yeah, it was it was pretty special. I think the, the thing is with those, with those chip goals is that we don't see many of them, but it's like I remember like last season and the season before when you're actually out on the pitch and you're that close and you think like sometimes you look at it and the keeper's just like naturally just straightforward because especially when it's just come off a corner or a set piece, they, they're coming out to collect or at least try and punch the ball away. And you're focused on the top corner, the the right corner, all this sort of stuff, thinking about where can I put it to beat the keeper. And sometimes the most space that there is is just behind the keeper. You don't see players chip that often, but actually, like, when you're out in the pitch, there's more space than you realise. And um, if he didn't mean the first one, which a lot of people will argue, well, who cares? Because he, he nailed the second one anyway. So, um, yeah, there's all class. He's going to every um, game now. Well, he's put them on notice. He's put the goalkeepers on notice now. So now, now he can just bury it in the bottom corner. <laughs> no keeper against the Woo is going to be coming off their line at all. They're just going to sit on their line for 90 minutes. <laughs> can we also talk yeah, about right. uh, Burgess's goal celebrations? Because if I see any more of this, um, it's <laughs> it's pretty hard. To, it's it's pretty hard as an opposition player to, to see that kind of stuff, isn't it? You know, it's 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 pretty crippling when a player does that. I don't mind it. I mean, of all the weekend's goal celebrations, um, you know, with the Camp Sofa backflip and you had the Jordan Elsie uh, emu and um, and uh, Diamante had a few quite animated ones as well. Um, so, uh, you know, I think it's I think it's probably not the worst defender. It's it's not the best, but... <laughs> um, Do you think he's becoming a player that other other players must just hate, though, like Burgess? I mean, he's, 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 all, he's all class, obviously, but 
there's something really unlikable about him. I think maybe that was the the cherry on top for me. But um, I think <laughs> he just looks like the player that would just piss you off to play against. Virginia. Well, well Virginia. previously, previously with Burgess, it was a real case of you, you just weren't sure what you were going to get. It was a real wheel of fortune with him. So, whereas now he's become a oh. much more. <laughs> That's good from you, Tommy. That's a that's a slow burn. That gag. I, Jeez, I, stumbled, I stumbled upon Burjo Burjo Twitter last night by accident. Oh, it is a gold mine. If any if anybody out there, um, you know, wants wants a a walk down memory lane and and um, you know, think about what the future holds for some of these uh, washed up uh, game show ex game show hosts, yeah, go and look up uh, Burgess on Twitter. And I'm talking about was his name Max Burgess too, Tommy. No, no. Uh, what, what is it? What is Burgess? Burgess? John Burgess. John, that's it. John Burgess. Yeah. yeah. Oh, ex ex host of Australian Wheel of Fortune. Jesse, don't know whether um, this was syndicated into New Zealand, but um, uh, it was a it was a legend no. of, of of Australian TV in the nineties and and probably eighties as well. I think New Zealand and just has pretty much Australian TV, doesn't it? Like apart from the news. <laughs> I'm, I'm not even joking. Like a lot of it's just Australian stuff, right? Oh, that's bait. That is bait. <laughs> Mate, that is that's bait. I'm staying away from that. Uh, I think I think the thing with Burgess, where where he really started to piss me off. I'm just, I was trying to pinpoint the first part where he started to piss me off. I think it was the um Wait, the half stocks. That's that that that's the half stocks is where he really started to get under my skin, and it's just been all yeah. it's been all trolling from there. Yeah. Um. Let's let's talk about the Wanderers boys. Um. Uh. They're going. They're looking like they're looking. I think they're mathematically certain now, but not too sure uh, to miss their third uh, final season in a row. Um, and this is on the back of reaching um, three grand finals in their first four seasons. What's what's gone wrong there, uh, Colby? Did you know that they won the Asian Champions League as well? Oh no, that's that's an amazing <laughs> achievement. I think I should I should probably mention that a bit more. Hi guys, um, I'm, from, I'm from New Zealand. I only, I only get New Zealand TV. But thanks for letting me know. I didn't realize it. <laughs> Do they have the Oceania um, Nations Cup there, or Oceania Champions League? There? I've just caught up on it now. Yeah. Um, but They're yeah, look at in New Zealand soon. <laughs> I wonder if they're burning them down as well. The the three G towers. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so um, yeah. Look, Colby, it's it's a pretty sad state of affairs at uh, the Wanderers. Like you say, they were so successful with Popovich, and um, and and things looked to be sort of relatively steady after that. I think um um, uh, Gombau was was I think he was the the first coach in the the immediate aftermath of, of Popovich. But yeah, look, the the wheels are well and truly off the wagon at the moment, and they they seem rudderless. They all of the good things that made uh, the Wanderers like a success story at the beginning, al- almost all of them are gone. Like obviously they've moved into the new stadium, um, but then uh, like halfway through this this was sort of return season, they've we had coronavirus and and it's it's really difficult. And like I guess the the fear is that they turn into like a bit of a basket case, sort of a la the uh, the, the Mariners. And I think. In, to some degree, like the, the the fan base is one of the things that can possibly stop them from doing that. The fact that they do have such a big catchment area there of, of fans and players. So um, hopefully they're, they're, they have probably one of the best uh, academies in the league and hopefully that, that can sort of bail them out a little bit. But ultimately, you, you need some of the structures to be in place. Um, over just, the next... on that, just on that, Tommy, is it, is it the is it an issue with um, squad replenishment because... Um... What was the year they came in? They came into the league. It was just trying to remember. 2012 or something. So I think over the over those over over the last, um, I guess, roughly a decade. Have we, have we seen enough of a, a replenishment in that squad? Because I think that if you look at some of the other teams, I mean, like um, the teams that have really fallen from grace is when the the the, the, the marquee, the signings and the replacements haven't been up to up to up to scratch. Um, the Phoenix, for example, we've never really gone up to the highs of the highs, but we've still managed to bring players in when we've lost them. And I think that that's one thing that the Wanderers would need to be worried about right now. Is like, for example, Duke's pretty much scored all their goals. <laughs> so if he's not there, who scores the goals? Um, yeah, and, and Duke's, been, a, Duke's been a real leader for them as well, right? Like, I think he's a huge loss, not not just the goals, but I think as a, um, like I said, as a leader, I think um, it's it's pretty scary times for them. I think heading into the to what's going to be a pretty sort of uh, long off season for them. 
Yeah, and, and and just before we move off this one though, um, I think that's a good comparison, Jesse, the Knicks to the the Wanderers. Because and 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 Tommy mentioned that it's it's sort of all been downhill since um Popper left, um, and it just goes to show what what a difference a good manager can make at some of these clubs. Because yeah, you look at the Knicks, they're they're a basket case for years, and then they got Redan in, um, and you know turned them around in a season. Um, and and got the best out of some of these players that were already there as well, like um, Williams and others, who he just turned into great players, uh, and Singino as well, um, in the season that that um, that he was there, uh, and then Ulfuk Tale, another another one who's turning out to be a great manager as well, um, keeping the Knicks there and abouts in the finals, um, and and then you know Popper left the Wanderers and they sort of haven't looked the same since and then he goes over to Perth who were you know sort of coming in like sixth and you know maybe just you know limping into finals every year and and now they look a strong side other than tonight's performance against the victory um it just I think managerial appointments are just so critical in the A-League we were just talking about the fuck right and and how uh like they they were so successful over such a long period of time because they had sort of stability um in the the management um and the sort of the the higher level um like football sort of planning and strategy and the like um and recruitment and it it showed how sort of um how a lot of a lot of A League clubs sort of like their successes can be very fleeting in that if you make sort of only one or two minor changes or, or major changes to to key personnel that sort of this house of cards can sort of all all come falling down really quickly. I think um, if if there's a, a manager who has done an incredible job this year, it's Ufuk Talay because I think everyone thought, oh yeah, with Rudin leaving, they've lost a bunch of key players. I think yeah, the 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 Knicks this year are going to get spanked and. They they haven't. They've been really competitive, and they they brought in some good players. But I guess um, he he's been one of the real success stories of this year. And I think in that segment we almost crossed every A League team then. But <laughs> I, I think it's I think it's a good point though. The reason why this is a really valid thing for the Wanderers is because my concern, I and mean, we just talked about when they came into the league, um, there's that surge of success that they had early on and stuff. But it's like okay. You, you, those players eventually leave and then you need to replace them. And the, what I'm saying about the Knicks is that I'm not pointing to them as a success story because they've, they've crashed out of um, finals many years and not even made them in other years, but they've had players like Shane Smells and he's gone. And then they've had like Paul Eiffel and then he's gone. And you still manage to get somebody in your team that can actually do something. And the, the concern for the Wanderers now, if you want to compare them to the Mariners, is that w- when do you get to a point where you've run out of that X factor and then you're just literally a whipping team of the league um you don't want to get there you want to get to a point where you can still attract if, if duke leaves you want to be able to replace him with somebody that's got the uh same amount of goals in him if not more so yeah i think for me it's about who do they bring in next it's going to be more not so much the manager but it's going to be more about the scouting and if they've got a good academy then they need to be looking into that academy and actually bringing them through the ranks it's about time Uh, let's move on, boys. Uh, Adelaide won, Sydney won. Um, Adelaide have, have just held on uh, to their finals spot, um, but only only just as we mentioned before. Um, there there are a lot of lot of teams snapping at the heels um, for that last finals spot. Um, some some points from this game, boys. Um, just looking at Sydney's performances in the in the lead in um, to this game, they they lost to uh, Melbourne City and Newcastle and. And could only manage a draw against Adelaide. Um, uh, should we be uh, should we be worrying about Sydney's finals form, or are they still a lock for the championship? Um, I know um, uh, Ryan Grant and uh, Barbarousis, and I think Zulo all didn't start in this one, and um, and I think even uh, Bratton didn't play as well. So th- this was by no means a full strength Sydney team, but I think. Like form is about, and, and finals football is about momentum, right? You, you you don't necessarily have to have played well throughout the season, but if you can go into the into the finals with with momentum under your belt and some good performances, good results, then you, you're always a, a danger to to um to win. What is it, three, four games in a row, and, and take away the the toilet seat? But um, I guess uh, yeah, Sydney Sydney I think would be really concerned about their their form, and and they need to not just get some results, but get some good performances. I think leading up to the into the finals otherwise yeah it could be really quick uh one one two and done uh for for them like are they resting these blokes because sorry sorry jesse are they resting these blokes because 
Um, they're not um, super well conditioned with the sort of disrupted season. Do you think that would be it? Because I mean, like on, they're playing every couple of days, but I mean, you see that in, in leagues in Europe, like in the championship and some, some premier league teams are, pl- are playing like that many games in, in that few days and, and they're doing it. it. It has to be because they're not properly conditioned. I think it's probably got something to do with the fact that, you know, as the ladies league pointed out, Bong Johan actually had um, maybe a little bit of work done. Um, but a botox. So you've got the you've, you've you've got to you've got to think about these players in Sydney. You know the Bondi boys. Um, you know they've got elective surgery. They've got elective surgery they need to get to before these coronavirus clusters um, rear up, and all elective surgery is cancelled. So um, we we probably need to sympathise a little bit with the players um, that are getting rested for a week. That's very good areas from the ladies' league. <laughs> Colby, if you if you look point. at um. If you look at uh, Badger in particular, I think it was about trying to get sort of some of these maybe second tier players who who don't normally get a lot of minutes and get some um, get some minutes into their league. Badger, maybe I just slurred it. (laughs) (laughs) He's Badger Um, from now on. (laughs) Badger. I don't mind it. Oh, I thought Budgie was good, but all right, let's go with Badger. Um, uh, Badger. Uh, he hasn't got a lot of minutes. He's coming off of a, a long injury layoff, and and I guess uh, giving him some minutes and getting him some sort of form and and momentum leading into the finals, I thought um, that, I think they'd be considering that to be important. So um, it, it could it could backfire on them though, and if if they don't have sort of their their big guns firing leading into the finals, and and then they're a bit underdone, then yeah, it's like I said, this could really backfire on Sydney. You picked this though, Colby, as as your um, match when we were doing the preview. You were saying this is the one that you wanted to, to keep an eye on, and I think one of the things I said a while ago, but I think we, we sort of saw it in this game was Sydney is just has been by far and away the best team, and you'd expect them to win the finals. But the the teams like Adelaide right now, you're talking momentum and who's sort of clicking into gear at the right time. You want a team that can just drag them into the dogfight with Sydney because they're such a flashy team and they've got such a great sort of formula for, for hitting the byline and passing it in, so that almost a, a city meet Liverpool style. Um, but when you actually drag them into the fight, you've got players like um, uh, in Adelaide. Well, I won't even name a player because they're all the same player um, <laughs> who can who, who can basically get in the air and just bully players. And well, that's Jordan the thing LC about it. Jody can. Opseth, whoever. Um, but the point I'm making here is that you, you, you get to this point Stephen where you Wolf. get to the finals. Riley McGrew, it's nil all after. Bloke. Yeah, they're all the same player. You get to the point where it's like nil, nil all, uh, maybe 65, 70 minutes into one of the finals. Doesn't matter if you've been the best team of the competition all year. If Sydney and Adelaide are tied at that point in the match, then it's just going to come up. It's going to come down to one moment. Um, and Adelaide have shown that they can pull a goal out as well. So I honestly think with Sydney that I don't think we should read too much into the results, but I do think that um, the team that the teams that could knock them out are just going to be the opportunist teams that can just take That's a goal. That's a beauty of finals football it. too, boys. I'm, I'm actually getting pretty excited. Like just thinking about like this game, like it was a finals game. That that's exciting. Like Sydney, who have um, just been dicking teams all season. Um, swaggering around and yeah, they, they could get done by a team like Adelaide in the finals, um, you know, who, who just, uh, you know, have got a bit of steel in midfield or have got some, some guys who are good in the air or some youngsters that, that are, that are coming through um, and it could all be over. And, and I don't mind that at all. Best league in the world. I could tell you're getting excited Colby because the, the earphones are moving quite a bit. So maybe time for some earpods, mate. Um. <laughs> 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 Mate, the, the the Bluetooth on my computer, it's not good enough to handle it, all right? <laughs> just gotta, the old fashioned way, mate, it's just, it's just called them in. I spent all my money on this bloody this bloody on the arm boom. to get to <laughs> on the boom. <laughs> you're the, you're the Sadio Mane of the you're the Sadio Mane of the pod, eh? You know, <laughs> re- refusing to upgrade your iPhone. Love it. That's all right, humble. <laughs> uh, um boys, uh Tommy, did you have another point on this game? Um, I, I, th- I thought Adelaide were really good value, and I think um, the the coach there, Carl Vietz, done a done a really handy job over the the last what it's not even six months. It's been what probably three months, I think, since he was appointed caretaker. Um, so I, I think he could be really proud of of the way that they're performing at the moment. And 
Yeah, and I think in um, uh, like we we're saying at the top of the top of the show, um, especially uh, in this sort of um, coronavirus period um, where international um, imports are going to be pretty limited. Uh, I think this is a massive opportunity for him. Um, if he plays his cards right, uh, you know, ha- has his team uh, performing well, and the performances will be the key for Adelaide because I don't think anyone really expects them to to go and win the grand final, to win the championship. But if he continues to bring these players through and putting good performances, particularly against um, the likes of Sydney, Melbourne City, Wellington, um, yeah, I think he could. I think he could be in the running to get the job on a permanent basis. Cobb, do you think he should get it on a permanent basis? I like the look of I like the look of uh, how he's got some of the guys playing so far, um, but yeah, I, I can't say I follow Adelaide too closely. But um, I, I think it wouldn't be a bad appointment, um, you know, in in the circumstances. I think it's always really hard to tell with some of these sort of caretaker appointments. Like, I mean, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer at Man United is sort of the ultimate example where you've got a a team that's just playing out of their skin and it can always change back once the dynamic changes and the the manager is sort of appointed on a permanent basis. So, um, yeah, whilst Carl Verde is doing really well at the moment, there's nothing to say that it can't just all sort of come undone as soon as he's appointed on a permanent basis. Absolutely. Um, and and last round, the last match that we'll cover, I guess tonight, boys. Uh, Wellington <coughs> won, Brisbane won. Uh, Brisbane the grudge match. Like, the grudge match. <laughs> Brisbane looked like they might have had this um, under control um, when they went one nil up through a, a pretty nice goal, goal from Scotty Mack, um, just turning through traffic and and firing one in, and then they sort of just panicked and started defending and and gave the momentum up to Wellington, who. Um, missed a few golden chances and then um, finally um, late on in the game, um, Hooper managed to get on the end of one and, and slot it home to, to draw it for Wellington. But Wellington, oh, I think, were definitely the better team in, in the second half of that game. Um, but Wellington are, are another team, Jesse, um, who, like Sydney, um, were looking really strong um, all season and they have sort of wobbled a bit in the past couple of fixtures they, they drew to Brisbane they lost against the Wanderers and they drew to Adelaide uh, are you worried about their form at all I'm a little bit worried that they um, they show a lot of promise to get into the box and then sometimes they're a little bit sort of um, maybe the final end products a little bit missing so they they look really really good until they get to that final area and sometimes um, they're a little bit toothless which they weren't so much the first part of the season. I think sometimes now they struggle to get those goals. And I, they've been scoring quite a few penalties and uh, opportunist goals. But I don't. Th- I think when when the Phoenix are in a good rhythm is when you start seeing these, like some of the goals they scored early in the season were like length of the field counterattacks and then like a cross into ball or hooper for a goal, like a constructed goal. Um, they've looked a little bit disjointed um, since the um, competition's come back. So... I think for me, yeah, I'm a little bit worried about the fact that they're struggling a little bit in front of goal. I think that they all the stats show that they're the better team in some of these games, but they're not actually necessarily closing the game out and finishing the opposition off like they should. Yep. So it's like playing a game of FIFA and some Tanas gets a goal in the last minute and you've got all the stats <laughs> in your favour, you know? <laughs> um, that's that, that's the nature of this, the, the, the competition. Like, like I said before, we're in the last couple of weeks where some of these teams are just thinking about the finals now. So they're probably distracted. We called this the we called this the grudge match before, boys. But um, you know, should we be calling it the uh, Sal Talk Soccer Derby, where um, where <laughs> Sal's uh, two favourite A League clubs are are playing out um, for his affections? Where I, I thought he liked Adelaide as well and Whoa. Newcastle. <laughs> I, think, I think you'd have to say that that Wellington and, and Brisbane are front runners for Sal's heart. Sal's. Yeah, uh, Sal's calling it uh, El Juego Grudge. Yeah, that's good for you, Tommy. Don't mind that. <laughs> um, and in this 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 game also saw um, you know a number of uh, excellent saves. I think you'd have to say from Jamie Young. Um, and uh, you know, obviously, um, whenever Jamie Young has a good game, Brisbane Raw fans uh, start frothing at the mouth. Um, but I just wanted to know, boys, on current form. Um, and I've, I've written in the note here uh, all, all of the all of the um, current A League goalkeepers. Give me your top three A League goalkeeper power rankings, Tommy. Oh, jeez. All right. Uh, <clears throat> top three on all form. time. No, on form right now. 
Oh, geez. Uh, all righty. Um, these are in no particular order. I'm going to say ready. No, I want top three. Oh, hang on. I've got to pick out three first. It's <laughs> the first time I've seen this list. Um, <laughs> all right. I'm saying, um, oh, geez. <clears throat> Okay, I'll, I'm, I'll, I'll no. go while you're thinking about it, Tommy. Um, mm-hmm. You and and Jesse, you fi- finalise yours as well. But I, I think on I think on current form, um, I would have to say, Izzo would be number one for me on form at the moment. I would probably say that Jamie Young goes in to second, and I would probably give third spot at the moment to probably Kurto. So, Colby, okay. I can only give you two because I reckon I can only pick two out of, of them. I, I probably I don't think I can judge uh, all of the A League goalkeepers because, to be honest, I just don't think about them enough. But but Reddy and Izzo were were two of my top three. Oh, I can't pick yeah. a third because I, I don't to, feel I have like to take I... it off Reddy after, after shipping four tonight. Otherwise, Reddy would have been <laughs> summer up there. But he's just shipped four. I, I can't I can't I can't have him in my current power rankings after he's just copped four. I know it's his birthday. Fair, but, fair. Yeah. Jesse, what about you? Um, is this just going to be a hit list of of all of the the Kiwi keepers in the in the league at the moment? No, um, I'm just I'm just trying to remember the the Brisbane keeper. Um, is, it, is it Lopez? Lopez? Um, in Western Sydney. Yeah, he was Western Sydney, but Young is is Brisbane. Sorry, sorry, no, I'm getting confused because um, but there was some great saves um. I'm trying to think about, you know, I think I'm thinking about Brisbane. So sorry, guys, I've got I'm getting my players mixed up here. But um, in that case, I'd be agreeing with you on the young, ba- uh, the young front. Um, I'm always biased with the Phoenix because I think, um, I think we have a great keeper. But um, I, I can't really fault your you, your choices, Colby. I mean, I think the only, I think the only thing is is that like Redmayne has been so good, but then in the last couple of weeks has looked a bit shaky. So it's I would have had him in there, but I think if you're talking about power rankings as of right now, I don't think he makes the cut. Mm. Yeah, in that Newcastle game, but I it's, just it's remember ebbed and flowed. a couple of cracking saves and then just a sh- like a shocking goal that he let in as well. So that's right. Yeah, Kobe. So this week there, there was someone on on Twitter that was talking about uh, Redmayne, and, and I think a lot of people will regard him as sort of one of the best keepers in the league. But um, for, for me, I, I really struggled to to deal with the idea that Redmayne or or Young that either of them are, are good goalkeepers because about four seasons ago they were both just dog shit. Um, but uh, Redmayne he came up on on Twitter on social media because uh, someone was saying uh, has there has there been a player in the A League history who's who's gone from being terrible to amazing like Redmayne has. Um, well, Reddy, I think, is the other one who who went from being shocking. He was shipped around to every club. He was mm. couldn't get a game at some of the clubs he was at, um, and and now he's now he's like quite a quite a solid A League level keeper. Mm. No, um, I agree. And, and Jamie, on the Jamie Young one, he he used to be quite a divisive um, figure uh, amongst Raw mm. fans, particularly when when Theo was was still knocking around. And and Jamie Young is a real um, he's a real confidence keeper as a lot of keepers are, and um, a, a lot of a lot of goalkeepers sort of thrive on the competition when they have a really competent number two or, or if they're a number two and and thrive on trying to win games off the number one. But Jamie Young is not that kind of keeper. When he was competing with uh, Theo for that number one spot and he would get a run of games, you you could just see it. He would make one mistake and then his confidence was absolutely shattered and he would just be like the, the shakiest looking keeper you could see. But then as soon as Theo retired, Jamie Young has just been so solid for Brisbane. Like I could probably, you know, you could count on one hand the, the number of bad mistakes he's made since Theo's retired. And I think, yeah, it's it's just he needs to be the number one and, and just have that, that confidence given to him and that... Uh, like allowance to make mistakes and then he doesn't make them. 
a lot of people, it's really hard, I think, especially for outfield players to judge uh, goalkeepers because we, we see the likes of Curdo do all of these sort of flashy dives and make these sort of incredible saves. But I, I think the big thing about Young and, and his play over the last couple of years is he, he now makes all of the saves that you would expect him to make. He, he, he doesn't make mistakes anymore. And, yeah, look, every goalkeeper is going to, there's going to be shots that you just can't save, right? Um, and not because of poor positioning, just because you can't physically cover the whole goal right um but but young saves all of the all of the ones that he he should get uh and so yeah like he, he he's just not making errors anymore which like that's that's the the best you can expect from a goalkeeper i guess it's a great question though because it's like we've had the second part of the season where teams have performed a bit differently to the first part of the season and then you talk about power rankings as of right now as opposed to say two weeks ago and I probably think the answers would have been very different. I think I would have just been harping on about the Phoenix keeper and, and Marinovic, and we all would have been talking about um, Redmayne probably. So the answers tonight, I think, are very different to what it's they could the have been. It's the beauty of power rankings, boys. It's the beauty of power rankings. We'll have we'll have to we'll have to check back in uh, again, and um, and we'll we'll have, we'll have other power rankings as well. Um, we could do a whole ep on um, on A League haircut <laughs> power rankings, but more than a power so, ranking. We'll, we'll save that for another More day. than a game, top fans. More than a game, top um, fans, power rankings. <laughs> Cheers, Sal. Boys, the, the, the A-League Festival of Football actually has a, has a breather tomorrow. There's no no game. No game what? on Sunday. I know. Um, so we've got a bit of time to take stock and, um, and look forward to um, the games that are coming up next week. We've got like a Monday to Thursday schedule um, with, a, with a double header on Wednesday. So on Monday, you've got Brisbane, uh, Sydney. Tuesday, you've got Melbourne Victory, Adelaide. Wednesday, you have Perth and the Woo and Western Sydney, Melbourne Victory. Uh, and on Thursday, you've got Newcastle and Wellington. Um, boys, which match are you looking forward to and why? Um, I'm, I'm going to go just jump in. Um, I'm excited to see more of Melbourne uh, uh, Melbourne City. Um, sorry, I think you had Melbourne... Huh? Anyway, never oh, mind. Have I, have I written? Yeah, I think Melbourne City have got a game in there. Are they playing against uh, either Western Adelaide. Sydney or Adelaide? They're playing Adelaide. Okay, Adelaide. so yeah, I, I'm excited uh, to. Sorry, I'm all oh, good. Uh, so I'm I'm excited to see more of uh, Melbourne City. I mean, we've only seen them once in the restart, which is crazy because I mean we've seen uh, Wellington have played five times already. <laughs> Um, and I think the Wu have still got like I think what three games left as well. So um, it's sort of crazy how the draws worked out. Um, but yeah, just interested to see more of Melbourne City um, because one, I go and see them every week. Um, on but they're they're the real sort of um, I guess unknown when it comes to finals. And and because we've only seen them once, no one really knows what to expect from them yet. Obviously, they had a good result um, last week, but um, sort of. Uh, no one really knows how seriously we should be taking them as a as a finals uh, proposition yet. And I think a lot of people would be very very quick to write them off as, oh yeah, city city just going to city and they're going to choke in the first week and and going to going to put it forward like a pretty average performance like they did in the FFA Cup final and and get spanked and that'll be the end of it. But um, uh, I guess they're they're one of the the more consistent teams um, pre pre um, lockdown. So um, it's going to be really interesting to see about um, how how they how they go. And I think it's um, I think the the league will be will be good if there's a, another uh, another team that wins the grand final this year rather than um, Sydney winning it again. I'm actually looking Gold's, forward. To... I've got um yeah, I've on, got the Perth Perth the Perth uh, Western United game. Um, I reckon that'll be a cracker just considering the position on the table. Yeah. Totally, um, and yeah, like like we're saying, the Wu have got some games in hand, um, and if they can um, if they can get a, a, another one over Perth, um, they'll be they'll be right in the hunt for that finals spot. Um, and I think it's pretty critical for them to make finals in their first season too, isn't it? Like that's that's going to be huge for a brand new club um, to sort of I don't know attract players, um, hold the players that they've got. I know they've locked in Diamante, which is massive. 
Um, hopefully they can get like, you know, hopefully Rudan will sign for another season. I don't know whether he's on a one-year contract or what, but like, you know, they need to just keep this group together and and keep them performing to um, make the club viable, really. Like, you know, finals is really, really, it has just an added importance for the Wu, I think. So I agree, Jesse. I think that'll be a good one to watch. Um, Brisbane-Sydney is always a good game. Obviously, from a Raw fan perspective, um, we, we often play our best against Sydney. Um, don't know why the matchup always just seems to be there. The the boys always lift for that game, um, and it's it's always a good one. Um, Kobe, so is it because I, of Queenslander? <laughs> the the the, the Maroon and, and uh, Sky Blue Derby, um, the, the state of origin, Tommy. I think yeah. you're you're, you're uh, referring to. Um, yeah, no, I'm looking forward to that one as well as the the Perth and the Woo game. Um, but um, that, that'll probably do us for tonight, boys. Um, we've we've come, you know. Again, we've said like we're, we'll we'll do just a half hour after the game, but it, it's it's looked more like an hour. But um, it's been a good chat. Um, it's been fun. Don't don't mind this um, YouTube thing. Um, but um, <laughs> thanks, okay, thanks uh, everybody. Thanks everybody for listening. Um, uh, hope the audio quality is not not too bad on the podcast version. Um, thanks thanks for sticking with us. <laughs> Don't know what the internet lag is going to be like. Um, obviously, you can always get around us on social media. Um, and, and please, please uh, like and subscribe to us on YouTube now. So, um, yeah, uh, we'll, we'll be back with you next week. Same time, we're going to do another YouTube live um, to catch up with the rest of the A-League uh, or next week's action and, and look ahead to the finals. Um, and we've also got a special podcast coming up tomorrow where Andy and George are going to do a uh, Champions League podcast. So, yeah, very much, very much looking forward to that as well. Um, but in the meantime, enjoy the football. Mm-hmm.